Welcome to Crossing Darkness, a podcast about role-playing games ranging from tabletop RPGs like the World of Darkness to MMORPGs like EVE Online and everything in between. We broadcast live over Twitch and are open to answering questions during the show. I'm your host, Frozen Fallout. Today we have a very special guest, Brisk Rubel, who is a member of the Council of Stellar Management, as well as the co-host of the Meta Show over at the Imperium News Network. How is space treating you these days, Brisk? Well, Frozen, I'll tell you, we, we used to have a lot of space, and now we have a very little amount of it, and I spent a lot of time in there, so uh, I'm, I'm kind of getting used to our new cozy surroundings. Yeah, so you've got uh, und- uh, content at the undock at this point, huh? It's amazing. I'll have to tell you, I've, I've played you for a long time, and having 40,000, 50,000 really angry nerds living exactly next door to you, that's pretty cool. We've been having a lot of fun with it. <laughs> that's awesome. So I think we'll... Uh, we'll definitely get into what's going on now in EVE, but uh, first question that I kind of have for you is, how did you get involved in EVE Online? What was the kind of draw for you? The, the funny story, and I, it's a pretty good story, I, I like to tell it because it reminds, I think, people of, of how all of these games that we all play are interconnected. And you were talking about how the show is about tabletop to MMORPGs and other things like that. I got my start in EVE Online in Star Wars Galaxies. That was a game came out in 2003. It was an MMO. You have the first Star Wars based game. Yep, I played and it. It was a fun game ish. There you go. I'm glad, you're, I'm glad you remember it. I got started in that game and I was hanging out. I had a number of friends that played with me. And I had served as the scout correspondent, which was part of Sony Online Entertainment's version of the, the Council of Stellar Management, like we have at Eve. I played that game for, for a long time, a year, two solid years. And I loved it. I loved the PvP aspect to it. I liked the politics. I liked the sandbox nature of it. And when the company decided that they weren't making enough money and they weren't doing as well as World of Warcraft, they decided, well, we're going to get rid of all that sandbox stuff and just turn this into another loot and scoot kind of game. And we're going to completely change everything up. And it killed the game. And the yep. game puttered on for another five or six years after that. I think it closed down in 2011. But it never, it never was the same. Yep. I remember so, that transition specifically. It, and it was awful. I mean, it was, it was the new player enhancements, and, and the rest of us all considered it like the new player destruction because you they killed the game. So me and a couple of my friends were looking for another game that we could play together that was to kind of fill in the gap between what Star Wars Galaxies was and, and, and what we were looking for. We wanted something that had a politics. We wanted something that had PvP. We wanted something that was preferably sci-fi related, but we, we played WoW together and things like that. And one of my buddies said, hey, there's this other game. It's been out a couple of years, but it's pretty cool. It's kind of different from the other ones. It's called EVE Online. Do you want to try it? And I said, all right, sure. So I tried it. And it, it didn't work out. It was not, this was not a fit for me. I, I just... I had heard so many bad things about how toxic the players were, how dangerous it was, how the minute you leave the station, you're going to die, you're going to get blown up or ganked, and there were PKers everywhere, PKers back in the day. <laughs> you know, it's, it's all it's just crazy. So I remember I started playing with my buddies, and we would sit in the stations and just talk to each other on comms, and we would train up our skills and things like that, and I would look at the stuff, and I, I want to fly that, I want to fly this. But I never really got into it. And one by one, my friends stopped logging in and then I just stopped logging. Mm-hmm. And I fast forward a couple years and I said, I'm gonna give this a try again. This was back during, I think it was back uh, 2009, 2010 timeframe. I started playing in 2006. 
Yeah, yeah, I saw that, that me and you have the same birth year in, in EVE Online for our main characters is 2006. Hey, there so I was in October or November, October-ish. Nice. I was in July, I remember because it was right before my birthday in real life when I started playing EVE because I had some money from my birthday. So I thought, oh, I'll go, I'll go buy this game. It'll be fine. That's back when you had to actually buy the thing. Yeah, when you had to get so, a physical CD. Right, exactly. I, had a, I still have it somewhere, and I've got all my. All, I got the Prima Guide over here somewhere from when I was when I started and everything. But we ended up. I ended up coming back, and I started playing by myself. And I would go to high sec, and I would run missions, and I would do things like that. And it was fun, but it never kept my attention because I found that in Eve, it's one of these games where you want to have friends, you want to be social, you want to play not just by yourself, but I hadn't found my niche yet. Yep. So I tried to join a corp that didn't last very long. I ended up going back and forth. So I just, I make my one man corporation and I'll just run missions. And I did that every two or three months, I would come back to the game, play it for a week or two and then stop. And it wasn't until I had a colleague, uh, I'm, I, I'm, I'm well known in the game as being the, the real life politician that plays Eve and is an in-game politician now. And I had a friend of mine from, from local politics who was a big gamer and he said, hey, I've been playing this EVE Online game. Have you ever heard of it? I said, yeah, I play EVE. I've been playing EVE for a long time. Uh, he said, why don't you come hang out with us? And I said, all right, where are you guys at? And he said, well, we're in we're in Nullsec. And I was like, Nullsec, spooky. That's where all the bad, that's where goons and Pandemic Legion and all these big crazy groups live. He's like, well, we're way up in the north and nobody bothers us, come and hang out. So I said, all right, well, how do I get there? And he walked me through it. And I set my death clone up there and I, I got in. All I had to my name was a couple of Plex that I had bought like a while ago. This was back before when Plex was one Plex for 30 days and they were worth about a billion. Uh, I had like a couple of Plex to my name and I had uh, an Osprey Navy issue, I remember, which is uh, which was the one ship that I had been grabbing. Okay, so yeah. I sold the Plex, I made some money and I took off north. And I got as far as Tribute before I got blown up by a PL Gate camp in MTECO. So, it happens. Yeah. Anyway, that's, that's... to make a long story short, I got up there, I hung out with my friends, I got to know people, I was in a corp, we were up in Tino, it was a group called Drone Walkers was the group I was with, and one of the, uh, one of the corporations in Drone Walkers was known as STK Scientific. They were like the head group because the, the Alliance executive was in that corp. And I got to know those guys, and they're like, hey, why don't you come join us? You're like, you love the PVP, you love to play. You're interested in this kind of stuff. Why don't you come join us? And I said, all right, fine. The group I was with was was really small and, and they didn't miss me. So I went over with these guys and I've been with them ever since. So I'm coming up on my five year anniversary with STK. And that's when I got started really playing EVE hardcore. And I think I, the only time that I have not played uh, in the last, every single day in the last five or six years has been that, that, that brief time period in the middle of my, my last CSM term where I got in trouble, so. <laughs> uh, which we can talk about later, I'm sure. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so that's awesome. So, and, and you primarily were focusing on like the PvP aspects of the game once you got out to 0, 0.0, it sounds like. That was my thing. I, you know, I, it's, I had friends that did a lot of industry stuff, friends that did a lot of mining. I was there, I wanted to blow people up. That so, was kind of my thing, and that, that's what I focused on. Did you focus on any specific aspect of, inside of a fleet? Were you more of uh, just trying to be a frontline uh, gunner, or were you doing fleet commanding, or were you doing scouting, or any kind of different kind of aspects of that? I, I was what we what we like to refer to in EVE Online as an F1 monkey. I was basically one of the pilots. I would get in a damage ship or a DPS ship, 
whatever the mainline doctrine we were running was, I made sure I could fly it. I got in there, I followed orders, and I showed up for fleets. And that was fun. And then, obviously, we would do small gang stuff. We would protect our space. We were living in Tinal at the time. It was a back-end system. So if anybody was coming down, if we had a wormhole in the system or we had guys roaming through, I would hop in you know, whatever small ship I had and go chase them. Uh, and, and we did that for a while, for about six months, until we got evicted uh, by a bigger group. So it was... It kind of got my, my teeth cut on the game. I started relearning everything. And I'll be honest, I, I, I have spent so much time in real life doing the leading thing and, and getting out front and being like, like the face of stuff mm -hmm. that I never really felt a draw to be anything more than a lineman. I just wanted to play the game and be able to do the stuff that I like to do without having to have the pressure and the responsibility to do all the stuff that everybody else needs me to do. Mm -hmm. And I think that's that's one of the unique things for someone like me. I'm probably the most well-known line member in Eve. <laughs> no, everybody else that that has notoriety like this is is either an alliance leader or they're a, a diplomat or they 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 they're you know they're running something important. They have a big corporation or something like that. The the number of people that become household names in Eve that are just regular players is relatively low, and I I'm, I'm kind of proud that I'm one of those guys. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Um, you definitely, I mean, you. I think you've made a name for yourself in areas, though, because you're not necessarily just a line member. I mean, being a co-host on, on the um, Meta Show, that's huge. I mean, that, that right there gives you quite a bit of notoriety, even if you're just a, a line member. Um, and then being on the Council of Stellar Management, that's, you know, a, to a certain degree, I, I, I see that as like, you know, you are kind of, the leadership now of EVE Online, uh, more than just an independent uh, alliance to a certain degree or, you know, so you've kind of stepped yourself up from, you know, being, you can do the basic stuff inside of EVE, but it seems like a lot of the stuff you do outside of EVE or for EVE is definitely uh, above and beyond what most people do. I think that's fair. I mean, for me, I have a certain set of skills that I've honed with my real life job and the things that I've done that I think were, were needed, were, they're helpful. People appreciate having somebody that can host a show, somebody that has media training, somebody that's, that's, that's been out there and can be the politician, do the player representative thing. And then I think plus, you know, from my perspective, because of the things that I did outside of the game that made me an interesting player that people thought, oh, that's cool that this, all this stuff is now, you know, playing Eve, that's cool, I, I, I like that guy. Uh, he, he sounds like he knows what he's talking about. Well, I'll, I'll vote for him for the CSM. And that kind of got me uh, into space politics. Real life politics got me into space politics. So yeah, uh, I have to I have to laugh about it because it was it was never supposed to have it was it was all supposed to be a joke. <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> and that's another story. Well, so yeah, let's kind of get into that. What was uh, what was it like uh, the first time that you tried to get into the CMS? So when I first ran for CSM, the joke was. My corporation knew who we all. After a while, you sit around, you talk to the same guys every day. They get to know, we get to know each other pretty well. We get to know who's married, who's got kids, who does what job, where they live, and that type of thing. And the minute that, of course, because the guy that got me into the game was a political buddy of mine. He he had a friend who was also in this group who was in politics in Washington State, and they all found out. Oh, 
you know, risk is in politics. Let's talk about it. So they started asking me questions, and I told, well, I was in the Bush administration, and I was, I ran elections in this in this big county in Virginia, and I was, I ran for office twice, and I almost won the last time. I lost by 56 votes, and you know they they like, so you're like a real life politician. I said, yeah, I mean that's what I do, and now today I'm a lawyer, I'm a lobbyist, uh, I represent uh, the Merchant Marine in Washington D.C. And they thought it was funny. They're like, well, dude, you already run for office. You should run for CSM. And I said, come on, guys. I mean, I'm like, I've, I've been playing this game for 10 years, but I've only been hanging out with you guys for like a year. I'm still learning things. I learn new stuff every day. They're like, everybody learns stuff new every day. But you're, you've got a story. You can. It'll be funny. So the, I have a couple of guys in my court who their, their goal is to take every joke and run it out to the most absurd conclusion that they possibly can. <laughs> so these guys, they they mocked up a website, they mocked up pictures, they had catchphrases and slogans and all kinds of stuff. I mean, I, the only thing they didn't do was like print yard signs. They did everything <laughs> else. And and it was all like as a joke of getting me to run for CSM. And I kept telling them, no, 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 I'm not gonna do it. No, I'm not gonna do it. And then after a while, I was like, you know, this is kind of funny. These guys really like it. It makes them laugh and they think it's kind of cool. So I said, all right, I, we'll make a joke. I'll keep the joke going. <laughs> so the, 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 the application time period came through for CSM back in 2018. And I went and I filled my stuff out. And I uh, I sent in my passport photo and, and, and everything. And then I thought it was going to be hilarious because the guys were laughing so much about the, the fake stuff that we did that when I showed up as being an official candidate, I thought they were going to lose it. And they did. And it was it was it was hilarious, and they're like, "Well, what are you going to do now?" I'm like, "I don't know. What do you what do you think I should do?" Oh, you got to run. You got to really run. <laughs> you got to give it effort, <laughs> right? You got to you got to do it. So I said, "Okay, fine." So I sat down and I said to myself, "All right, if I'm going to run, if I'm in this, and I don't want to look like a schmuck, then I got to run this the way I would run a real campaign." So I started putting together some talking points, started figuring out what I got to do, started talking to players, started talking to. Uh, all of the TV shows, all the Twitch streams, trying to get my name ID up. And I said, the one thing that I need more than anything is I got to introduce myself to the players. I got I to know what I'm, what, I'm, what I'm about. So I called my real life campaign team and said, hey guys, can you come over to the house? I have, I have a little bit of a, a favor to ask. So I got them all together and I said, look, I'm, I'm running for this, this space game political office. And they just all groaned and laughed at me. And I said, but I need, a, I need, a, I need to do a commercial like we would do you know back in the day can we put something together and my media guy said yeah no problem we'll take care of it i'll do it and i said i can't pay you but i'll buy you dinner so he's like don't worry about it so we came together we wrote the script and we figured out what we we're going to do so i filmed this commercial and i went to the white house i went to the supreme court i went to the capitol i made a joke about uh the judge uh, there was a situation in eve about a player on the csm who was yep. threatened to get his hands chopped off because he he, he 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 stole a bunch of stuff and it was it just I put a lot of memes in it and my son was in it we made a lot of jokes it was it was it was really funny and I put that out and it 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 went it went viral it was crazy in Eve I mean everybody thought this was the most hilarious thing they ever saw it was at the top of Reddit for days I ended up getting something close to like fifty thousand views on the video and it wasn't just uh, the players we got. 
we got media coverage too. All the gaming news was like real life politician running for Eve Online political. I mean, that's office. that's headline news right there for some gamers. Right? Like that's like yeah. okay, let's. <laughs> I love how Eve comes up in the real life news sometimes, and it just like even BBC will like talk about some of the crazy stuff that's happening in Eve Online. I believe sometimes. So. Oh yeah, it, uh, absolutely. I mean, we've had. Uh, I know. I remember Pro God Legend was on Canadian broadcast for talking about the million dollar battle and a nine tech p that ended up not being a million dollars but it was it was it was big enough and crazy enough that people cover it and every time we have one of these big fights because you can do kind of a back of the napkin uh co transaction comparison of what 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 the in-game value is in real life money we always get these crazy stories of eve players just fought a battle that cost three hundred thousand dollars or something and it's cool like that um so I started getting all this media coverage, and I was like, damn, this is pretty good. It's pretty solid. So I started talking to folks, and I, I, I went out, and I just campaigned hard. I talked to a ton of people. I did the equivalent in EVE of knocking, uh, what I would do in real life, knocking on doors, going and talking to folks. I got my my, my alliance, the initiative, to back me up, and uh, I ended up getting put on the Imperium ballot, and I ended up coming in and winning. Uh, there were 10 slots that year. I did pretty well. I think I was like fourth on the first round balloting, which is pretty solid for that's, a nobody. Yeah, that's solid, yeah. solid. So I came out of nowhere, and then boom, I'm on the CSM. And I'm like, oh shit, you know, what am I do now? <laughs> so I, that's what I how I started it. So I just said from the beginning, I was going to try to treat this like I would have if I was a representative in real life. So I went, I just, I try to do my best to be the player representative, be reachable. Uh, I noticed that a lot of folks, they, a lot of folks on the CSM didn't spend a lot of time on the e-forums. They didn't spend a lot of time talking on Reddit. Uh, so I made it a point to do that. Uh, I went to both summits, tried to do everything I could to, to be accessible and, and let players know that I was there if they had issues and they wanted to, to get stuff done. And I think we did some pretty good work on that first CSM. Definitely. So and what was like, can you give like a, just a general kind of explanation of, of what the CMS is, how it kind of came about a little bit and, and what kind of the, the things are that you do at these kind of summits that they have? Sure. So it's kind of a unique concept in, in online games. I think there are, there are plenty of, of games that have player groups or player representatives or, or people that the developers talk to in the player community that they use as basically an unofficial sounding board. Mm -hmm. uh, but this is the only one that I'm aware of that's democratic where the players choose who goes on these things. I, I had served, I, like I said, I'd served on Sony Online Entertainment's version for Star Wars Galaxies, but I was just chosen. I had, I had written a guide to the profession and people knew me. So when, they, when I applied, they, they just picked me and I became the guy. Uh, in this situation, you had to run it. It all stemmed from a pretty big scandal back right around when I started playing EVE, uh, maybe a, a year or two after when I started playing EVE, where there was a developer named CCP2T20 who was in one of the big NullSec alliances, and it was found out through spies and leaks of internal forum communications that he had uh, un uh, illicitly provided some in-game items that, that he shouldn't have been able to get uh, to his player group, and it caused a big, big, big crisis of of, of uh, crisis of, of, of faith within the Eve community that the game was not being, you know, there wasn't a thumb on the scale that the developers weren't picking winners and losers, especially in these big NullSec empires. Yeah, and that's I find so, that's something that's really interesting about Eve because Eve Online. I mean, other games, if if the dev was giving out items to players, 
the balance that really is affected at that point. Maybe in PvP there might be some some upset imbalance to a certain degree, but it's it's not helping an entire empire of people, like thousands of people, um, possibly in and more, depending on what level you're at, like we are right now. Where you know, if one if a dev's picked one side in in this war that's going on, they're literally helping tens of thousands of players defeat tens of thousands of other players. Um, whereas all the other games, you really don't have that kind of need to really keep an eye on the devs hardcore because their interference in the game is not... I, I don't remember any other scandals with other games, personally, that had to deal with the devs, like, going in and helping out another player group, and that being, like, a huge tipping point in creating something that, um, you know, had to come in and have the players kind of manage the devs. Like, that's just, that's completely like ass backwards <laughs> that I never I would never think that that would ever happen in a game and then the, to exactly. do it democratic is just wow like well and that and that's the th and that's the thing so when, when it first started it was unprecedented nobody ever seen this before and it got them a lot of a lot of of, uh, of, of news uh, headlines out of it which still to this day leads a lot of people who are very cynical about the CSM to argue well this is just a PR stunt for CCP that's all they're doing they don't care about what you guys say. We're, they're just there to cover their asses. And I mean, that, that, there's a, there's not an, a, 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 I wouldn't say that that's completely untrue. I would mm -hmm. say that that's definitely part of how, the original origin of it. But I think over the years, the CSM has kind of shifted from the beginning. The early role would have been, I think, as more of a watchdog. Mm -hmm. uh, and it has shifted more into a, a player, uh, player chosen feedback group. Uh, the CSM is given, we, we, we sign non-disclosure agreements and we are given peaks on the inside of what is happening, what things are coming down the pipe, what changes folks are asking for. Uh, well, I, I should say we get, we get told by players what they want. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we present those ideas to CCP, but more often than not, we're, we're getting information on what CCP is doing, what the company is doing to change the game, and we, and we provide them with feedback. Mm -hmm. And I think there is, there is definitely a symbiotic relationship between the CSM and the company and when the CSM works the way it's supposed to, we serve as a good sounding board. We provide good feedback. We help them avoid some of the pitfalls because this EVE is a huge game. And there's nobody on, on the planet, not the developers, not the players, who understands everything that happens and goes online in EVE. So you need to have folks who at least either are experts or have access to the experts. I don't call myself an expert on anything but the outside stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, but, but there are things like uh, having having players that can go in and, and, and know where the pitfalls are. Like if you say something this way, the players are going to go crazy. If you say it in a different way, it's going to be easier. They're going to accept it more. And then also just telling them, look, you guys, you guys are stepping in a landmine by making this change. There's going to be a bunch of unforeseen consequences. You can't afford to to do it this way. Here's a better way to do it. Uh, and and we've done that, I think, pretty successfully on the two terms that I've been on. But I think based on on what I've seen. The, the whole idea originally of the C of the CSM was supposed to be more of a watchdog. It has morphed into more of a focus group. Uh, but I think having the fact that it's democratic, that the folks that are elected uh, can say, I speak for the players because that's who my electorate is. I had to go out there. I had to campaign. I had to get uh, a lot of people to vote for me, whether it was through big blocks or whether it was through uh, just, you know, good old fashioned shoe leather, as we would say in real life politics. You still have people that had to put themselves out there and get chosen. 
Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that that's, that's probably the easiest and, and most equitable way to do it. And the best way you're going to get good feedback from players that care about the game rather than feedback from sycophants or folks that just want to be, uh, just want to go to Iceland and hang out with their, with their you know, heroes. Yep. <laughs> yeah, the being the hand chosen is very different than being elected. It's, there's a reason why uh, majority of governments have moved to this, even if they don't, like even, even uh, you know, some countries out there that obviously are not democratic, they at least put out the th I got voted. To <laughs> like, that was the only one on the ballot, and I'd cut your hands off if you did anybody else on there. But, there you go. Uh, you know, but you had to vote for me. But you, but you didn't vote for me. You didn't vote for anybody else. Exactly. Uh, but so, and you had some uh, crazy kind of stuff that kind of happened on the CMS. I believe you got uh, wrongly blamed for for some uh, things that kind of happened, or. Um, kind of things got wrongly attributed to to you. Can you explain that just a little bit, what kind of happened with that? Was that your your first term? Um, this was my first term in 2018. That we, we Some people call it briskate. I prefer the briskadent. I think that's funny. Ooh. Uh, I like that. I, I don't like the gate stuff. It just, we use yeah, it no, too no much gates. these days. Too much real life. But the briskadent is kind of funny. Um, one of the things that has happened over the years is players who have been on the, C, on the CSM have in certain situations they've broken their non-disclosure agreement typically the way that that folks have have done this in the past and they either been removed or asked to step down was they would get foreknowledge of something that was changing in the game and they would use that to benefit themselves or benefit their group they would like for example you know somebody they're they're going to remove a certain type of of module in the game so if you have a lot of those, you sell them all off. Or they're going to change a ship to make it much more valuable than it is now, so you would go and buy up all the stuff. And that way, when the change came out, you're sitting on a pile of it, you can relist it at a higher price, and you made a bunch of money. That was, that was a common complaint. It was a common accusation. More than one, I'd say, I think three or four CSM members in the last, since the first CSM, there have been, there've been 15 of them so far. Uh, the first four of them were, were biannual, and then the rest of them were annual. So, or, or I guess it was twice a year, twice yearly, and then they became yearly. Uh, a number of folks have been removed or have, have been forced to resign because they've done stuff like that. So it's something that the players are constantly accusing us of, and it's something that the developers are pretty, pretty careful to keep an eye out for. So what had happened was... So it's kind of a, like insider trading in the It's exactly world. what it is. It's exactly what it is. It's 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 insider trading is what is what they, they keep an eye out for. What I was accused of was that I had passed on stuff that I had learned from the CSM to players in my alliance who then took advantage of that and made a sale. Now, we have an idea of what happened, but we've never gotten official confirmation that from the company that what we what we said is actually what happened so this is based on public statements this is based on what uh what the players involved were told because i was banned along with two other two other uh players in my alliance were banned essentially one of my one of my buddies who was one of the lead fcs for the initiative fleet commanders for the initiative he had a very expensive ship it was a faction titan the most expensive ship in the game and ccp was making some changes to it he was trying to sell the thing for a couple of months and he finally sold it about three weeks before announcements were made that there were some changes to it that would that would arguably make it less useful. That was that was at least a perception, although I think there was a good argument to be made on paper that it, it had no real impact at all. But the person that ended up 
the, the ship passed between two or three people before it got to the final buyer. By the time it got to the final buyer, he was pissed off and said, I don't want this thing anymore. You guys just changed it. It's not as good as I thought it was going to be. I got ripped off. How did he know to sell this thing early? And went and told another CSM member who said, who went to CCP and said, hey, you should check this out. This, they think these guys are, 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 are leaking. And the result was they shot first. Instead of talking to us, they just went ahead and, and they banned me and they banned uh, the two other players. Now, the problem with that, typically the company can ban anybody they want for any reason. But the problem was they immediately publicized what had happened and accused me of breaking the non-disclosure agreement and, and all this other kind of stuff. And the, and, and the fact was, by virtue of the fact of who I am and how I got elected in the first place, everybody knows my real name. Everybody knows who I am in real life. They know what I do. That was kind of the, what was the shtick that got me on the CSM in the first place. So the result was there was a pretty substantial damage to my to my real life reputation from these accusations. And I knew I hadn't done it because I knew I, I knew I hadn't talked to these guys about any of the stuff that 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 we were accused of. And I definitely uh, was not going to pass on anything to any of the other players because what's what's the point of that? My guys have money. I don't need it. I'm not I'm not interested in, in, in trying to make ESC that way. If I want ISK, I just buy Plex and sell it. That's what I typically do, which is one of the main ways of doing it for folks that don't want to do the PVE stuff in the game. Yep. So for me, it was it was more of a, all right, I got to go out here and clear my name. So I started talking to the company. I laid out what we thought happened, what we did in the behind the scenes, and immediately they recognized, okay, we made a mistake. So we worked together. They came out, and for the first time in the history of EVE, they made a public apology to a band player and said, not only... We're sorry that what that that this happened. This was a mistake. They didn't do what we accused them of. You know, everybody's okay. No harm, no foul. So that it, 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 there was still a belief, I think, in some of the members of the community that I had done what I had done. But because I'm Mr. Bigwig in real life, that somehow I could bully this company. The idea that one random American lawyer can bully a sixty-plus million-dollar-a-year company into doing anything, I think, is funny. And I appreciate the fact that people think I'm that powerful, but the reality was it was never, I never had to bully. We, I, we told them what happened, what we thought was wrong. They realized they made a mistake and they fixed it. You didn't like, I'm uh, grateful. you didn't do any like lawsuits or, or try. No, I didn't have to, do, I didn't have to do any of that. I didn't have to, I didn't have to threaten. I didn't have to say any, I mean, I made a public statement and said, I'm, I'm innocent of these charges. We didn't do it. I'm going to fight as hard as I can to clear my name and I'll take advantage of whatever, you know, paths forward there may be now to to the non-lawyers out there that reads like a threat of a lawsuit to me the threat of a lawsuit is you will do this or i will i will move forward and file a complaint i never had to say anything like that which was good because i didn't i, I recognized and i knew that it wasn't it wasn't malicious Mm -hmm. They didn't do what they did because they were trying to screw with me. They just it was a what, mistake. They're trying to do the best for the game. Right. They're just right. doing I mean, what game they, companies do. They... Right. It happens. You know, yep. so, and, and it's, it's, it's the nature of the beast. And it was one thing that I, I kind of taken up the, the mantle of trying to fight for those who get accused of doing bad stuff in the game. That they get their day in court, or at least they get a, a, a due process or some kind of, re of a review to make sure that what they what happened and the reason for their ban is legit, because mm -hmm. they make the company makes mistakes. Absolutely. And I know a lot of players that have that have gotten banned and then realized, oh, we well, did it by mistake. We'll let you back in, type thing. So once that happened, there was about a month left on the CSM term, and I said, 
you know, when I talked to the company guys, said, look, I'm not going to run again, uh, at least not right now. And I, and I, in fact, I told them, I said, if you guys want to, if, if you guys want to leave me banned, I don't care. Just let the guy, the other two guys play because they were unfairly accused and I don't care what you do to me. And they said, no, 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 we're going to make it whole for everybody. So they, they took care of us and, uh, and, and fixed everything up. And then I decided I was, uh, that was it. I, I didn't think it would be right for me to, to stick on the CSM after all that happened. So I resigned and I took a year off. I said, all right, I'm going to, I'm done for now. And after about six or seven months, when I saw what was going on and I saw the next CSM term and I saw what CCP was doing, I kind of got that itch again. And there was always something in the back of my head that said, you know, if you don't run again and the company lets you run and you serve the whole term, there's still going to be people out there that think that what you did, that, that you really did what, what they accuse you of. So it was kind of kind of the genesis of me wanting to get back in and, and run again for CSM 15 was to kind of cleanse the palate and fix that. And I think that getting in there, doing it, running another campaign, I ran, I did the same thing I did the last time, had a lot of fun, made some funny videos, and, and I had continued to play the game and, and increased my presence and started doing the meta show, which we can talk about. Um, it, it, kind of, it kind of made it possible for me to come back. And then I got elected and I've done my best to bust my ass to be the best player rep that I could be for the last uh, the last CSM term. And I think I've done a pretty good job. We've made a lot of good uh, changes for the game. Uh, player player initiated changes that I think a lot of those folks appreciate that were ideas that, that players came up with that we presented and, and got included in the game. And we've done a good job of, of working with CCP to try to steer them the way that they are already going. So it was it was interesting and i'm but i was happy that i was able to pull off that election and get back in there because i think it put a lot of those critics to rest and i don't hear nearly as much oh brisk you're a cheater as i did a year or two ago, two ago. yeah you're not going to be able to convince everybody you know that's just the that's, the, that's just the way that uh, humanity is we've got we are a very interesting species if you ask me but <laughs> um but it, it is interesting um you know that you've that you've come back it's awesome to see you back um and i'm glad that you're running again this year i really uh look forward to seeing how your campaign goes um and i predict a pretty easy victory for you to keep back on to cms but you never know you don't want to you don't want to jinx it so as i as i'm always fond of saying you know if you're not running unopposed you're running scared <laughs> so everybody out there i, you know, I still got to bust my ass and and, and frankly there, there's this view that because I am a very visible player and I'm high up in one of the blocks because I, people know me, even though I'm not high up, I'm not like in any official capacity, that I'm a shoe in And it's like, no, I got to work for this stuff. I got to get out there and do shows and, and talk to players and, and get folks to know who I am and talk about what my ideas are and things like that. Because otherwise, uh, folks don't, they'll just assume you're going to win. They're going to show, oh, somebody else will vote for him. And that's, the, that's yep. how you lose. So I don't yep. want to be put in that position. Absolutely. Well, I'm glad that you do that, though, too, because I, I feel like that's uh, one a good, good reason to get you onto my show here. So There you go. <laughs> uh, to come hang out with I, you. Yeah, definitely. Um, so one of the things before, I wanted to kind of jump over and start talking about the meta show a little bit. Um, but before we do that, I just wanted to kind of give you an opportunity um, to kind of lay out what your platform is um, or, or what, you're, um, what you're doing for us at the CMS here to kind of uh, give us a, your own little, you know, ad. So what I would say, the first thing, if you, if you want to get a full idea of what my agenda is, or at least the things that I want to bring up to CCP this year, uh, visit my website. It's www.briskforcsm.win. Uh, on that, if you look on, there's a tab that says Brisk's List. Uh, 
about two years ago when I ran the first time, I started, I mean, people would come up and, and, and we would be in a fleet and the guys would say, hey, you need to fix this brisk, you need to fix that. And I would tell them, all right, I'll put it on the list. And then it became like a thing, like, put this on your list. So I started keeping a list and I put it on the website and as players would ask me for stuff, I would throw that on the list. And these were things that I would bring up in our weekly meetings with CCP or I'd take to the summit and present. Uh, and and it was uh, uh, it just became its own thing. And now we've got, I think there's close to 80 items on the list. We've gotten, I'd say 20 or so of them done. And I keep adding stuff as players come to me and we, we try to solve problems. But I think the two things that I care most about this term uh, for CSM 16, in EVE, we've been going through what players and the developers have been calling the scarcity era, where essentially EVE was put into its own forced version of austerity about a year and a half ago. The idea was the players are too rich, they have too many ships, they have too much stuff, there's too much mineral wealth in the game, it's too easy to make ISK, the in-game currency, so we need to tone that all down. And the result was they, they made a bunch of changes to a lot of the PvE aspects of the game and income generation made it a lot tougher to, to generate income the way that they used to and, and kind of started forcing everybody to draw down all of the, the abundant stockpiles that they've been sitting around. That, that's, that might have been necessary to the game. I don't know if the way they did it was, was the best way. I probably would have chosen a different way. Mm -hmm. But for players who were used to making a lot of money and making a lot of, of minerals and being able to do a lot of the stuff that they were doing relatively easily, it sucked. It was, it was suddenly like if you're playing WoW and you kill a, you know, you kill a hog and it gives you, you know, 20 copper, all of a sudden it gives you one. So everything got more expensive. It got harder to make the same amount of money. The people that had ISK and had money were fine. The folks that were coming up were, were put, into, in, put into pressure. And a lot of the players that, that thrived and really liked that kind of gameplay felt like, they were being pushed out of the game, and I think it's been a negative thing. So my number one thing, right, is end scarcity now. I want to turn the faucets back on. I think we've had a year and a half of scarcity. We've had major industry changes that have changed how everything is gets made in New Eden. And that's one of the things that's unique for EVE, for those of you who are watching who don't understand. EVE, is, it's not like World of Warcraft or some other game where you buy all the stuff from NPCs. Everything in EVE is generally is, is either built by or looted by players so the entire economy is is like a real world functioning economy with with market trading and all kinds of stuff that that is that is very 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 realistic and massive so, destruction where like if you absolutely where most games if you die it's like oh i just go back to the spawn point i've got all that cool loot that i spent five years building up to get um in this game if you spend five years on one spaceship just putting all the coolest mods on it and it got blown up that's well it's gone now and all, possibly half those mods are going to your enemy exactly and the number one rule in eve is never fly anything that you can't afford to lose because this is a game about loss you will lose all the stuff that you have everything that you love at some point will be taken away from you which is the nature of eve uh and so we're very accustomed to that type of thing but it's been a long time and i think it's time now to slowly start working the stuff back in so that people feel like there's more things to do, more fun. Uh, they're, they're able to make more money. They're able to, to generate a little bit more wealth. Uh, and and, and that's, that's probably my, my number one thing. There are a couple of things that I, ideas that are on my website that I talk about uh, in, in terms of doing that, like creating specific sites that can be run by the biggest of, of all the ships to get those ships in space so we can hunt them and blow them up when yes. they're running that content. 
And then I would like to see some changes for mining to make mining a little easier, make it less AFKable, but more fun and more lucrative for the folks who want to do that. I'd like and to see a little mini game for mining. Like if you do good on the mini game, you get more minerals out of it or something, you know, just something to make it a little, little more than that, just and that, shoot a laser. And that's the thing. Like, I think one of the big issues with Eve is that there are a lot of things in the game that are easy to do when you're AFK. And the joke is always, well, I'm going to go mine. What do you want to watch on Netflix while we mine? You know, or, or uh, we always, I always laugh because I, I did a funny video uh, talking about miners. Uh, and I, I, I kind of made it in the in the, the shtick of Paul Harvey's, you know, God made a farmer. It was, it was God made a, a, a guy. It was, it was Bob made a, Bob is the wormhole God that, that we all make jokes about. Uh, so Bob made a farmer. And one of the one of the jokes I had was bitching about the price of Netflix going up because now you have to mine longer to, to pay for your, your Netflix. It, that's a joke anyway. But it's just one of these things where you can do this some, some of this stuff pretty lucratively you can multi-box it you can have more than one account going at the same time and you don't have to pay a lot of attention to it now granted not paying attention is the first step to getting your, your stuff blown up yes but it's still able to you're still able to do that pretty safely and i would rather have something that's more interactive that keeps people's attention it shouldn't be as boring as it is so there's things we can do to make it a little more boring i think a mini game that's entirely possible that's something that they could add we do have mini games in eve mm -hmm. different types of things like if you do exploration Hacking the hacking mini game. There's 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 uh, a planetary industry PI you can do that that is like a mini game. It's it's there's a lot of different things that you can do like that. We have that we have the the precedent, so it's not like this is something completely different. So I, I I'd be happy to see something like that. Yeah, I think that then, there's some interesting kind of things with that. Is that um, AFK is a boon and a negative to Eve Online in in certain ways. The concept of the AFK Ishtar um, and the concept of an AFK miner creates that like gankable situation i think that creates actual it does actually have some content that is created into the game by having these ships out in space with nobody watching them whatsoever um but it just takes away from the it, I, I feel like it's one of those things that just makes it like i'm just going to throw this thing on on the background i don't really play this game um, right and and i think that that's that's part of just trying to trying to make more new content, make and that's that leads my to the second thing I'm, I'm, I want to talk about, which is I wanted I want to see uh, new content generation. I think uh, the faction warfare and low sec parts of the game, which are two areas of space that are in the same area, uh, has not really changed in ten years, and I think it's I think it's their turn to get a revamp. They need they need to to basically come in and spend the resource development uh, resources to. Basically, come up with a new new thing that makes sense in the modern 2021 era of games. Make it so that this is fun, it's engaging content, it has meaning, uh, it's dynamic. Try to come up with some some ideas to make that gameplay better because I think it's their turn. They've they've waited a long time for a lot of fixes, a lot of changes to the game have impacted what they do negatively, and they've just soldiered on. But it's I think it's definitely a, a potential area where they could make a, a couple of changes or spend some money and, and see a pretty big return on that investment. So I'm pushing for that. And then I just want to see like for ISEC, one of the things a lot of players like to do is they just like running missions. Missions are just it's a story. You, you get you go to an agent. They tell you, go do here and do this. And here's the story behind it. And you go and you run them. And uh, for the most part, all those missions have been figured out. They're the same that were in the game in 2003 when it first shipped. So there's going to be some missions I can tell you. I, I think I saved the damsel. There's a damsel a mission where you have to go save the damsel. 
I think I saved that damsel a couple ten thousand times. If, yeah, she if needs I to stop screwing one. up, man. Like exactly. <laughs> so why do you keep getting captured by this damn guy every time? And uh, I, you know, you get tired of, of of the same stuff over and over again. And I think there's an opportunity there to create some more dynamic gameplay that is a little tougher, that isn't is easily figured out. I'd love to see some procedurally generated stuff so yes. that the mission is there, but it's not the same every time. So you can't always prepare perfectly. And you have to be willing to do uh, some stuff on the fly and, and, and figure things out as you're going along. I think that would be fun. So I think that's that's probably the second big thing that I'm going to look at is trying to find creative you know, ways to, to create new content. Uh, the, the player base goes back and forth every couple of years between wanting content and wanting balance fit changes and bug fixes. <laughs> and we moved out of that, that phase this time, and now we're back to the content phase. So, Yeah, two things on that. Uh, one, you definitely have my vote because of the low-sec stuff because that's where Faction Warfare has received some updates, definitely since I've been in it since the very beginning, and there used to be like 40 million ships that you'd have to fight at a flex before. Um, they toned it down to just one so that, you know, it's like, and it, does, it doesn't have any DPS really, it just kind of is there for you to shoot and kill, and then if you get into a PvP, you can just ignore the NPC. It doesn't really exactly. do Which anything. is what everybody wants. They want the plexes so that it turns into a fight. Right, and that's what you I know. use them for in and out of faction war. Um, but and the the recent one that I saw that really surprised me that I was really happy about is the you can get into a plex now at 100 km if you warp to 100 you can go inside the plex so there's a little less plex camping that you can so you can kind of force it um, you get into plexes without getting blown up immediately um, and that fix is a funny story because prior to 2018 there was it wasn't a bug sliding per se but it was it was basically there was the gate sliding there was a mechanic that that we don't know if it was a legit mechanic or just players just had figured it out and one of the things that ccp loves and eve is it's all about emergent gameplay they'll if, if you come up with something crazy they didn't anticipate more likely than not they'll let you keep doing it unless it's something crazy so they had there was this gate sliding thing that let people get into plexes without having to get caught and they made us a, a slight change to fix something else that ended that and it was a huge issue for the Faction Warfare guys. And yep. I went and, and, and pushed and said, guys, you need to fix this. These guys have a real problem. And we were finally able to get that, that resolved later on when they, when they made the change to let you jump in from 100 kilometers. So that, that, that fixed the gate sliding issue. But that's a perfect example of where the CSM comes in and can help do that because it was, it was an issue that was fixed for a completely different reason that had nothing to do with Faction Warfare, and it had an unintended consequence of, of breaking something that, that players there had relied on, that the devs didn't, didn't really recognize was a thing, and we were able to get in there and, and advocate and try to get that fixed. So that's, that's, that's the CSM working the way it's supposed to. That's awesome, because that, that change was huge. Like Joe Bain said, uh, it was the number one issue, you know, uh, and that is that was huge for me um, when I found that out and I still find it interesting because a lot of people still don't know about it and I can tell because there's so many yeah they're not, they still, haven't figured it out <laughs> I'm still why are you landing yeah. at zero you don't need to do that <laughs> yep it's like oh we landed at zero this is gonna be great <laughs> exactly <laughs> then you right. know that they really don't know what they're doing or it's it's an FC like me who I'll just be like I don't care I'm going in at 10 and I'm gonna find out what's there and if it's gonna kill me I'll try and kill it first um, there we go. But the the second thing was that you brought up with mission running in high sec. Now I don't know if if you remember this, uh, but uh, when they first released uh, epic arc missions, 
This was supposed to be the beginning of the new era of missions in EVE Online. Yep, yep. And they promised us we got an easy code, we know how to build missions, these will be our four, like, starter missions, or, um, you know, for the, the Empires, and then they, they released, like, four more pirate i can't remember if they all came out at the same time but it was there was, i believe there was a little bit of a release schedule with that and then it was about a year of development they i remember very strongly on the forums and being like we've we've got this we can just bust these out all the time and then nothing and i loved yep. the, the the epic mission arts especially the low sec ones i thought that that was there were brilliant gameplay of being like okay go out in an interceptor you know, that's a combat interceptor and, you know, or, or, you know, a ship that's extremely fast, that it's not going to be your big hulking ships and you're going to make just as much money. Um, but you can't do it all the time. You got to jump around and do the different arcs. And if you, they just kept exactly. on adding that, I would have so much content to do in a year. And that's, and that's the thing. So we, we've been pushing for new missions. They added, they added the epic arts, they added cosmos missions, they added a couple of different things. But like, what tends to happen is, CCP is is notorious, and I hate to say this because I don't like to criticize them when I think they're working hard to try to fix it. But then there have been perfect examples of this happening recently. But they love to ship a feature that's half done, and then once it's in the game, all right, now it's in the game, and we'll go put that team on something else. And it happens quite a bit, and I think that's probably what happened with the Epic Art stuff. Oh, that was that was a while ago, uh, but it's like. The players have been asking for new types of this content because people like it. Some folks will say it's boring, but other people say this is what I like to do, and I'd like to have you know just something different to read, or a mission that I have to figure out, or something that that is not all I have to do is Google the name of the mission and have a, have a complete run through with ship types and what I should put in it, and 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 what I the only the only uh, you know NPC I need to kill, and then I can just run to the next one. Uh, some players will do that. I do that. I was doing that. I'm, I'm, I'm literally sitting in my crab area while we're sitting here talking because I was going to go run some missions uh, when we get done with the stream. Players do that, but at the same time, we also like... There's always the value of new stuff. Yeah, so options, getting... You know. it, exactly. And, and and that's what... I mean, there is, there is a complaint, and I think it's fair. Eve has so many different things that you can do. But certain players, players that like to do the things that they like to do, want... Uh, that type of content. They don't want the other type of stuff that's made. Uh, there's been a lot of new PvE added to the game. I think Abyssal Dead Space, which shipped yep. in 2018, has been great. I think people really like that. But that's a high-stress kind of thing. It takes, you know, you're, you're out there, you're doing your stuff. It's 20 minutes. If you don't get it done in 20 minutes, everything blows up. Now, that's great if you have 20 minutes, but if you are if you're, if you don't like that kind of stress and, and you were never a good test taker in school, that's the kind of thing where that's that's going to put a lot of people are not going to want to do it. So yeah, I, I tried it, but guys, I was like, yeah, this is like school. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's it. I, I don't like the timer. Don't time me. I got to do it perfect. And if you want, you know, if you don't do it, if you're going to go with the really easy stuff, well, it's just not worth it. So. Right. The easy stuff is quick and you can do it, but you're not going to make any money. The high end stuff, you're going to invest a lot in there. And there's still a chance that even if you do everything right, you're still going to blow up. So. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's, that's the nature of PVE, but I think there's always room for improvement. And I mean, that, that's the type of stuff that I'd like to see them working on. And I think, I think they recognize it and I think they're putting a lot of resources where they need to, uh, particularly to fix the stuff that newer players, especially today, where your average new player to EVE has played other MMOs and 
they expect a certain type of thing and when they come here it's so completely foreign it does turn a lot of people off so i think they're doing their best to try to, to make the, the new player experience the welcome to eve a lot easier for newer folks that come from other games that don't have you know like you and i a 15-year history of, of of having been doing this yeah actually there was an interesting thing that one of my friends just jumped back into eve online built up a new character and when he got his car his ship blown up he got personally contacted by you know a, a dev uh, or a gm and and was like Hey, I see that you got blown up. Just wanted to make sure everything's okay. You know, uh, we'll we'll help you with reimbursing that. We know that the first ship loss is really the hardest loss. And I thought that that was a really interesting personal touch. That it wasn't just an Eve mail. It wasn't just a here. We know, you know, it was an actual human being that contacted you and said, "Hey, are you all right? I saw that you just got blown up." Like and and kind of give you that idea that we're not going to do this all the time for you, but we we understand that you know the first loss is going to be the hardest, but welcome to Eve because you're going to get half a lot more. The first cut is the deepest, right? <laughs> right. So I mean, I, I I like the fact that they do that. I I've seen them do a lot more of that type of stuff. I think the 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 tutorial missions are much better than they were when we yes. started. I mean, when we started, you were basically it was literally the equivalent of picking the kid up by his hind bridges and throw him in the pool and saying swim. I mean, you just, there was, there was nothing. And yep. we got, we had nothing. So the best thing you could do was find a group of players that could teach you. And I think there are some good groups, but I, t I tell you, the one thing that CCP has been trying to do more than anything is increase player retention. And I, from mm -hmm. my, my experience, the best way to, to get a player to stick with this game is to get them to talk to other people. Not just yep. like in chat, but like join a corporation or get on comms or find out be able to ask people in real time and, and, and learn the game that way and i think the groups that have put a put a premium on uh helping to teach new players whether it's uh, eve university whether it's karma fleet university or or brave newbies or one of those groups like that they they are they are doing you know god's work out there trying Absolutely. to get new players to stick around and i think that's really what keeps people in this game after that first week or two Yep, and, and one of the big things I think with that is not just what join a corporation, but when you join a corporation, find that group that you can go into, you know, you can chat with them, you can talk with them, you can hang out with comms on them, you like going out on fleets with them, you enjoy the camaraderie that you have with them. Don't just join a, a corporation like some giant super corporation and expect that they're going to provide everything for you. That you, you do have to do a little bit of seeking out of finding your group that you're going to the people that you're going to be hanging out with that are on it your time your mentor you know stuff like that um is just really important in eve online um so i kind of want to switch gears just a little bit quick here um sure. over to the uh the meta show um so how did you get involved in the meta show what was what was it like uh kind of getting involved on that because i believe you kind of came in um like about mid mid you know season kind of uh um i don't believe that you were there directly at the beginning um but and, oh no definitely not and uh <laughs> and it's it but you've become a huge part of that show so i just kind of like get the get the little story on that so so if you go back eve is one of these games that has had outside media sources like this show like uh like the meta show like talking in stations and open comms and other shows of that nature for a long time we've been talking about e for as long as twitch has been a thing yep so one of the things that that, that i think originally there were the meta show started originally on the matani.com uh for those of you who aren't aware the imperium is one of the biggest groups in eve 
Goonsform Federation is the main group in the Imperium. The leader of Goonsform right now is a guy named the Matani. He's been around for a long time. He started off as their spy master, and then after a couple of, of changes in leadership, he became the CEO, the Corp CEO, and then the Alliance Executor. He is a former CSM member. He, he ha has the record of, of most votes ever cast uh, by a CSM member. Uh, he also has the same also has the same ignominious uh, distinction of with me of, of having gotten banned and, and then reinstated uh, for some stuff that he did. Uh, he made some bad comments when he was on stage and and uh, and and a little rough and left the CSM. Uh, this was two thousand eight or so. It was a long time ago. Yeah, and he's done a lot a lot of good since then. But Absolutely. he started up his own website, uh, and it was a new site, and 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 the main show on it was called the Meta Show. Uh, and it was he and and and, and uh, a female player named Nistrick, and that, that was the start of the show. It was in 2015. Over the years, they've had a number of people that have been the co-host alongside the Matani, uh, and it was in 2019. It was after I had gotten reinstated from the CSM. They were looking at at the show, and the numbers were always pretty good. I mean, it, it was it was one of the most watched shows, and back then, typically. Uh, for an Eve for an Eve talk show, you could expect to get between 150 and 300 people would watch it at the same time. That was that was a good show. Mm -hmm. If you had a CCP guest on or there was something special happening, you might be able to crack a thousand. That was kind of like like the thing. And Matani was 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 trying to, to kind of reinvigorate the show. It had gotten uh, it, it had it had kind of fallen to the point where. People knew it was there, but it was it was viewed largely as as just a propaganda organ. And I know it's funny that I, when I say that because I think we still have that perception now, <laughs> even after my, me joining the show. Uh, but I think it was viewed even more as a propaganda engine back then. Mm -hmm. And I had come on the scene. And I had started. I started when I ran for CSM. I tried to do as many shows as I could. I joined the Open Com show as a, as a guest originally, and then they had me on while that show was on INN. So I became a crew member there and worked with them. I would go on talking in stations, which at the time was also on INN. Uh, the Matani.com became the Imperium News Network after we rebranded back in like 2017. So uh, I, I was I was a known quantity. I had done, I had hosted two shows or helped co-host two shows that were on uh, INN. Now I was never officially a co-host on talking stations, but I was a frequent guest and they would have me on as a guest commentator. Uh, and I was approached that we were at eVegas, as a matter of fact, and we were sitting down uh, and I was, I was talking to Matani and he said, hey, I, I had an idea, I wanna pitch this to you. I know that you've been interested in doing your own show and I have been talking to folks about potentially doing a new show. Uh, I talked to Matterall and some other folks about that and he said, uh, why don't you come over and, and co-host the Meta Show with me? And I was like, wow, well, like, this, is, this is like the show. It's, it's the granddaddy of them all. It's been the longest running show. Everybody knows it. It was Saturday afternoons. That was the Meta Show, and, and it was it was common that, that that was like the thing to do would be to go watch the Meta Show on Saturday afternoons, and it was kind of a big deal. And I was nervous because I was like, you know what? I don't know how to do any of this Twitch stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I can go on the show and I can talk, and I've got media training, and I know how to look the camera in the, in the eye, and I can stop saying um for every other word, but I don't know anything about Twitch. And they said, don't worry about that. We'll take care of that. We'll work on that with you. So I, I talked to some folks, talked to Matterall, talked to my friends at Open Comms and the, and the like. And, uh, and I finally said yes. So that we started in, in November of 2019. 
and we we've, we've been doing the show ever since. Uh, I have kind I've I've started. I, I wanted to, to to increase the professionalism on the show. I wanted to make it more like a news show, but also make it fun, so that we would have some some of the higher end stuff. We'd have a good intro. We'd have transitions. We'd have segments. We'd plan it out like a real TV show because I've been on real TV shows before, mm-hmm. and I, I kind of wanted to run it that way. And that's and that's what we did. And I think the proof is in the pudding. Uh, even in the most boring week of, of the NullSec war that we've seen, our numbers, we tend to get an average of between 1,100 and 1,300 viewers. We've had as many as 3,000. Uh, we have had uh, a number of breaking news uh, shows that we've done on INN that have, that have had tens of thousands of viewers. The, the, the VODs on YouTube routinely get thousands of views. Uh, it, it's just kind of it's kind of really spitballed, and now I mean we are the single most watched Eve news podcast or, or show uh, every week. So we, we only do it once a week. It's an hour, usually an hour uh, on Saturdays. Uh, it's it's twenty twenty hundred Eve time, four p.m. Eastern time, and and that's that's when we do it. And it, it's been a blast. I've had a lot of fun. It's been really cool getting to know Matani pretty well because he's one of these Eve, uh, you know legendary figures that that that, yep. that are out there yeah i've met and uh, know him work with him is pretty cool meeting him in the flesh was was interesting because uh I've, I've gone to different parties and stuff like that for for eve online um you know i've been been in and out of goons in my life uh that's my main uh you know organization that i've uh kind of started started hanging out with as soon as i discovered they threw parties in in my city so i was like yes okay so i gotta go hang out with these guys um and if it wasn't for how much fun i have in losec i'd still be with goons right now so i love i look i love hanging out with these guys uh, the group that i'm with the initiative is part of the imperium uh but i also have an alt that i snuck into uh the biggest corp in, in goon swarm uh two of the two of my fellow csm members merkel shannon and anominate and i uh, are very very good friends in real life and outside of, uh, of Eve, but also in the game. And the biggest group in, in Goon Swarm is called Karma Fleet, which was their newer group. But uh, Merkel Chen is the CEO of Karma Fleet, and the three of us we do an evening stream almost every night now uh, called Rampage Incorporated, and we just run around playing Eve together and having fun. You get three CSM members uh, all goofing off on the stream uh, for hours at a time. It's kind of cool. So. I love I love hanging out with these guys. I love doing the show. Uh, we've had we've done, I think we've done a lot of good with it. We've had a lot of fun. We we entertain people. There there are some folks that criticize us. They say oh, your guys are all propaganda, uh, and there is a certain extent of that. But uh, but it's 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 all supposed to be fun, right? Well, I mean, it, adds, yeah. it adds to the game. It's, and it's I mean, nice. if you're the butt of our propaganda, you may not like it. But hopefully, you're laughing with us, not uh, not raging at the screen when we tease you. Right. Yeah. No. And and I have definitely seen the production value go up uh, since since you've been on. Um, it's definitely been a really great show, um, and I look forward to seeing you guys continue doing what you're doing. I, I really like all the content that you guys bring to Eve. When it you know in game, out of game, um, Imperium News Network is is definitely. Um, I remember before, you know, Mintani dot com came around. It was all Eve News twenty four was like the only place that I could get any solid news and i remember when uh mintani.com took off and especially when imperium news uh when they switched over to the, um the inn um imperium news network or imperium news dot or what is it imperium dot news right um is when i really feel like like i just stopped going to eve news 24 
because I just there was there was nothing really over there that I felt was really special. Everything kind of went away from it. I feel like it looked a lot different. It feel, felt a lot different, and I feel like a lot of content generators went over to the Imperium News Network. I know that uh, some of the bigger names definitely did uh, come over. And it just kind of shifted the way that, that I interpret news. And the one thing that I loved about Imperium News Network is it wasn't just EVE Online. I mean, absolutely hardcore, a lot of EVE Online stuff in um, Imperium.news. However, you guys have tons of other stuff, like little game news that kind of just pops up. And it's always just kind of nice to just get a little breath of fresh air, especially the like space stuff. Um, there's a lot of really cool kind of just uh, space articles that you guys have done over the years. and. Look, the content that you guys kind of put out there is, I think, what also really adds to the, the EVE community to the point where I don't think I'll ever leave it EVE Online, truthfully, no matter what. Even if I stop playing the game and I never log into EVE Online again, you can you can bet that I will be checking out, you know, at, at least once a month probably, what's going on on it. Just because I want to know what's happening in this universe that we've created. Because it is a living, breathing universe that's not just a story being told by some content or by some producer. You know, this is this is not a product that is just contained behind one writer or a team of writers. This is truthfully something that is built by the players more than anything else. I mean, 90%, although I do have to say the lore in Eve is pretty epic. <laughs> They've got some really great background lore that I love a lot. Um, but the the real thing that catches me in EVE Online is what are the players up to, what empires are falling, what empires are rising, and you know what kind of cool super battles are happening out there, and what, what are the little battles that are happening out there, what's the 10v10 um, kind of stuff that's happening. Absolutely, I think this is one of those games where once you start playing it, once you're part of it, whether you're playing actively or not, you're always an EVE player. And I think that sets you apart uh, from other types of games. And I think this community sets you apart from other types. I mean, I've, I've never seen the kind of, of player engagement with each other that you see in EVE in any other game. I mean, I went to FanFest for Sony, and I've, I, you know, I've seen... I know they do BlizzCon and things like that where everybody goes, but I, I just... The stuff that we do in EVE is pretty unique, and I think it's one of the reasons why it makes us... I think EVE is, hands down, in my opinion, my favorite... Uh, MMO of all time, and it probably will be. I think a lot of people would say they like World of Warcraft better. I, I played WoW. I beta tested it. I like it. Doesn't hold a candle to Eve. Yeah. Stories. Everything about this game is just so cool, and the fact that you can leave a mark on the game that's permanent. Like there, there, there are monuments in Eve Online to stuff that me and my friends did. You know, it's cool. And I can say that I was there. I was part of that. You know, we did that, uh, and it. There are going to be players that are going to be coming around looking at this stuff for you know 10 15 20 years however long this game lasts uh, and he's been dying for the last 20 years so i guess it's still going to be dying 20 years from now uh, that's great I've, I've as long as Eve cool. is dying i'm happy that's that's right <laughs> we're, we're all right because we're all dying too so it's all right we're all working i think we're back now my shout outs i just want to say thanks to everybody who's watching i saw joe bain in the audience thanks joe it's good to see you buddy um Main thing, two takeaways. I, I, first, I very much appreciate you having me on. Uh, I know we've got an active campaign season for CSM right now. You're probably going to have other folks on to talk about their stories. Uh, if you want to read a little bit more about mine, visit the website, CSM.win. It's all on there. 
pictures of me, stuff I've done, ships I've lost, all kinds of fun things on there to check out, including all the content that we've generated. Uh, and then watch the Meta Show, Saturdays, 4 p.m. Eastern, 2000 Eve time. Uh, we'd love to have you guys stop by and, and take a look at the show, and, uh, and hopefully you'll be entertained by it. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having uh, coming on to the show here, and uh, it's been really awesome. Really enjoy a lot of the stuff that you do, and look forward to talking with you hopefully in the future. Um, so and I'll definitely make sure I get links to the Meta Show, um, to the Imperium News Network, and as well as the um, uh, Brisk for cms.win um, so I'll make sure to get that up there as well um, and we will definitely um, look forward to seeing you in CMS 16 so I hope so we'll see awesome well Thanks, definitely check out our website theageofstories.com for links to all of our other episodes as well as our other projects that we're working on um, we're definitely check out tryitcon um, tryitcon.com is a uh, online um convention that is going to be focusing on different kind of games that you've never tried before you know um so it's a big uh tabletop kind of convention that we're doing virtually it's uh may 14th and 15th and the 16th um definitely check that out and thank you all for watching and you all have a great night Bye, everybody <laughs>